0: Praise the Lord everyone. God is good all the time. Even in the middle of this uh, pandemic that has uh, tragically rocked our way of life, we're grateful that the Spirit of the Lord is with us and He's guiding us and He's keeping us. And so we welcome you uh, to our broadcast from the Mission Church of Christ here in Somerville, Massachusetts, part of the Massachusetts Western Diocese, We are uh, grateful for the leadership of our great apostle of Region 1, Apostle Moultrie. And uh, God has been blessing us and keeping us here. We're praying that the Lord would cover all of us here and keep us uh, safe in these times of trouble. Join us as we bow our heads for a word of prayer before we begin our Bible study on this Tuesday. Uh, Bow your heads and pray with us at home. Father, we are grateful. We bless your wonderful and your mighty and your matchless name, that name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we are privileged to be able to serve you in the kingdom. It is our desire, God, to minister to those that are in the kingdom and to evangelize those that are without. We pray, God, that your spirit would help us, Lord, to perform this great task. We thank you for those that are sacrificing their time, God, and putting their hand to the plow in this technical ministry. We ask your guidance and your blessing upon them. We thank you, Father, for the word that stabilizes all of our thinking as Christians. We thank you for the foundation of Calvary. It is our prayer and our desire that you would be blessed and that we would be able to bless others. We pray your blessings in your mighty and matchless name. We ask that you would heal our land, O God, and we ask that you would bless those that are currently struggling under the hand of this great affliction. Let your will be done, but continue, God, to heal and to bless and to cover. We're asking for restoration, that we might worship you again in spirit and in truth. Have your way. We love you and we thank you in your mighty and matchless name, the name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. God bless you, we wanted to share with you a word. Uh, We have sent out an email, we sent out an email earlier reminding everyone that we would have our broadcast and our Bible study tonight. Uh, Traditionally, um, uh, since January, we've been having our Bible study and we are looking for the Lord to bless. Uh, We're moving away from our, our topical study. We've been studying worship and prayer and fellowship But in this uh, time of pandemic, the Lord has given us another word. We want to talk about being a Christian witness. And so we, we have a handout, and you're welcome to open up the handout in the email that has come out from the Mission Church of Christ. And you can just follow along with the scriptures as we move forward. Our first scripture in understanding the power of a Christian witness comes from Matthew chapter 7, verse 20. It is important that the church during this time stand up and continue to do the work that God has called her to do. Although we've uh, been met with some um, unforeseen circumstances, the church is here to prevail and we too, bear the burden of not being able to congregate together and come together and work out some of the issues and the um, and some of the, the struggles and challenges of worship and fellowship. And so we're looking for the Lord to give us some direction here. Uh, topic is understanding the power of a Christian witness. Matthew chapter seven, verse 20 reads, wherefore by their fruits ye shall know them. Now in verse 20, whenever the Bible makes reference to fruit, then that means there was a process before the fruit was produced. The process is in sowing and the process requires reaping. The fruit is uh, an example, it is is the result of our labor. So it's really important when we read the scriptures and see that there is fruit involved in the manifestation of the purpose of the scriptures, that we recognize that there was a process before that. So I want to just leave this thought with you very quickly, and that is, God will never put you in a circumstance where he hasn't already seeded your heart and your mind with the the seed to produce the fruit in the season that it is needed. God does not catch up to us. His grace is provenient. It means he has blessed us before the process has even started. So, Matthew chapter 7, verse 20, it tells us not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. So, here Jesus Christ is making reference. He's saying, You can produce whatever it is you produce in the time of trouble, but I'm looking for the fruit from the seed that I've already put in you so that it can be a blessing in the kingdom in the time in which I need it. So we're not here to be reactionary. We're here to be visionary. We as Christians understand that sin causes problems in our world. In the last days, perilous times shall come. So we're not here caught off guard as many of the young people say. The church is prepared to do what the church does, not because of our own ingenuity, but because the Spirit of the Lord has prepared us to minister in this moment. We have another scripture coming from Matthew chapter 26, verse 39. Jesus went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed, O oh my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me, nevertheless, not as I will but as thou will. Again, Jesus is demonstrating to us, he understood his purpose. He understood that there would be challenges, both natural, emotional, psychological, sociological. These challenges would present themselves and many of them would present themselves in the way of temptation. And so instead of Jesus justifying all of his connections to the flesh and justifying the struggles and the issues that were going on in his contemporary circumstances, he remembered why he was born in the first place. This is why as children of God, we have to acknowledge and celebrate being born of water and of spirit. Being born again is our essential purpose, not the birth that comes out of our life our natural life the birth that comes out of our spiritual life we've been born again so let us get to uh, the first point of this Bible study and that is our likeness to God is identified through willpower Jesus Christ has spoken to us and he said he had to submit his human will To the will that God had given him as Lord and Savior Jesus and God are one but he was fully man and he was fully God and so his human nature challenged his spiritual nature and in this moment he had to submit himself to the spiritual nature our likeness to God is identified through willpower man is nature man is spirit so we cannot pretend that just because we're saved, we no longer struggle with the issues that are in our human nature. That is hyper-spiritual. There will be times when you are challenged, and when you are challenged, your character will be represented. That character, you know, they always say this, as a coach, I used to tell some of the guys that competed for me, character is never built by going through adversity character is only displayed. You prepare yourself before you meet the challenge or the competition. It's not practice that makes perfect. It's perfect practice that makes perfect. So when we chase the perfect law of liberty and try to build a relationship with a perfect God, we end up improving the quality and the character of our human nature. That is why our likeness to God is identified through willpower. You have to engage your will in this process. You have to predetermine that you will be a Christian regardless of what life presents to you. All humanity, according to the Bible, has been given a free will. We have free will. Our intentions cannot be held hostage by any spiritual power. That is the gospel. You know we say things that are just inappropriate. They're cliche, but they're inappropriate. The devil can't make you do it because God didn't make you do it. God won't make you do anything, the devil can't make you do anything. He does have strategies that I will now go over to make us submit our will, or he could subdue our will, or he could manipulate our will, Those are the strategies that Satan employs. And what I want to do now is share with you how Satan employs strategies, but God gives us the spirit and the direction to overcome what Satan tries to put in our hearts and in our minds and in our lives in the times of struggle. First, the human will can be manipulated. So we have to use our willpower. It is without a doubt the most important part of your relationship to God. You have to be involved in the process. You cannot react. It has to come from a place of vision. The human will can be manipulated. I was reading in Genesis chapter 3, you can read verses 1 through 3, Adam's human will was manipulated. Satan can convince you to do the right thing the wrong way. This is what he did, he approached Eve and he wanted to talk about scriptures and he wanted to talk about interpretations. Let me tell you, I am a Christian. I am a saved and sanctified Pentecostal apostolic Christian. I know my doctrinal principles. I know my doctrinal beliefs. I know the teaching of the apostles that is established upon the word of Jesus Christ himself. I don't want to debate with people that have their own principles in their own religion. That is not a healthy thing to do. If you continue to engage in unwise conversations with people that are experts in their religion, it has the potential to manipulate your faith. Paul said, don't engage in these unlearned genealogies. Know what you believe, live by your faithful position, and serve God. It's not, it's not healthy to continue to get engaged with end time prophecies that are not based on your religion. It's not healthy to get engaged in prayers because you're in a position of fear and now you're starting to think about what other people are saying and doing. These are not healthy practices. Satan was able to manipulate Eve's will and Eve took her ideas back to Adam and Adam fell in sin. The human will can be manipulated. The human will can also be broken. We were reading again in Genesis about Esau. Genesis chapter 25 verses 29 through 34. Esau, he quit in the spirit of doubt. And let me tell you right now, God's greatest pleasure is to be believed. God's greatest hurt is to be doubted. Don't ever doubt the Lord don't ever cast away your confidence and you have to maintain your faith and when we read this scripture remember Paul even brought this up again he said Esau God hated but Jacob he loved why is that because the will can be broken you can go through circumstances. Your flesh can be pushed to its limits. Life can seem to be closing in on you. You can go through certain circumstances and situations where you feel like there is no point in holding on until tomorrow so you compromise the integrity of what God has made a promise to you you give up what you have today because you just can't see what's going on tomorrow and when Esau gave up his birthright he absolutely positively disappointed God so the human will it can be manipulated as it was with Adam and it can be broken as it was with Esau The final thing is the human will can simply be subdued. That means that your human will can can be submitted because you recognize that there's a greater priority. And that's actually a healthy practice if you're doing it in your relationship with Christ. The human will has to be functioning. It's like you want your cell phone battery to be fully charged, but you know you're going to use it, so it has to come off of the charger. That is the greatest analogy for the power of the human will. You want your will to be charged, but you have to disconnect it from the charger and recognize that the energy will be used for productive purposes. This is why In Matthew chapter 16, verse 23, Jesus told Peter to submit, get behind me. I know that you want to maintain your relationship. I know that my relationship to you has turned your life around, but you have to submit your will to the purposes of Christ. Just because you've come up a little bit doesn't mean that you don't remember how to humble yourself. The Bible says, humble yourself. You don't want God to get in the the, the the habit of humbling you. You want to be able to humble yourself. So there are techniques that we practice. To keep humility in the forefront of our existence. And if you don't humble yourself, you will find out very quickly that the scripture is true, pride goeth before a fall and a haughty spirit before destruction. So recognize, you want your human will to be functioning at full strength. You don't want your will at its full strength to be manipulated by Satan. You don't want it to be broken by life's circumstances, and you don't want your will to be in subjection to the wrong things. So we humble ourselves, and we seek God's will while we're in the full strength of our will, and then we are prepared to engage in work that puts us in circumstances where we feel threatened, we feel endangered, but we have the strength and power to maintain our confidence and our faith in God's purposes. So what do we do against the spirit of manipulation? Against the spirit of manipulation, God provides direction and direction comes through our worship. Direction is the reason why we assemble and practice the humiliation that goes along with this human life. We are in essence Presenting ourselves as living sacrifices through the act of worship your mind has to be engaged in worship Your emotions have to be engaged in worship. You have to prepare yourself to make sacrifices Sing your songs bring your gifts and your talents bring a portion of your resources Worship is a very important part people say things in these last and evil days You can worship God the way that you want to worship God. You don't need a church. You do need the Bible, and the Bible emphasizes the power of the church. I'll read it to you in John chapter 14, verse 21. Jesus said, He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. He that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. You have to keep God's commandments, follow the directions that God has placed in the scriptures. Study to show thyself thyself approved. You have to know what God wants for Christians before you get in trouble, before you get challenged. You should already know what your visionary aspect is. So against manipulation, God gives direction. It's hard for a worshiping Christian to be deceived. I love going to church and getting convicted. I've sat up under messages that have turned my thinking around. On the outside, I look just fine, but I thank God for a word that is sharper than two-edged sword, that divides my thoughts from my intents. It, it, It cuts me, it gets into the matters of my heart and reminds me that I didn't get here by my will. I didn't get here by my strength. If it had not been for the Lord who was on my side, where would I be against the spirit of brokenness? So when God has commissioned you to move forward, you don't have to be manipulated if you practice good worship and follow his directions against the spirit of brokenness. God gives us hope. That is why Christians, the Bible says, should never be without hope. If we lose our hope, we are most we are most miserable of all men. We should never be without hope. Christians, how many times did Paul say it? He said, pray without ceasing. He said, quit you like men. In other words, stand strong and fight to the end. Your fight starts on your knees in prayer, in everything, by prayer and supplication. Make your requests known unto God. So when you feel like you're being broken, you have to put your hope in God, your hope in your relationship to your creator. He would have never saved you and commissioned you to work in this world if he didn't give you the seed that is going to allow you to be successful in your season. Jesus, God told Adam in the beginning, he said, your seed will bruise the serpent's Head. I've already put in you the ability to crush Satan's plans in this world and in your life. You have to believe against your troubles and have hope in Christ. Hebrews chapter 7 verse 19, for the law made nothing perfect. The law doesn't didn't describe your ability to function at high levels. We're not living in the spirit of legalism. You can't make me do something that makes me holy. That's not how it works. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' love and righteousness, his blood and righteousness, Calvary and righteousness. I'm not trusting the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. So Hebrews chapter 7, 19, the law doesn't make us perfect. It just shows us that we always need a savior. We always need a word. We always need to engage our will in the process of improvement and demonstration. But the bringing of a better hope did by which we draw nigh to God so Hebrews chapter 7 is telling us when you need hope stay with your hope put your hope in Christ stay prayerful and your relationship your relationship to God even in the midst of your troubles the gravity of what you're going through will draw you into a closer relationship with Christ so against the spirit of manipulation We have direction to our worship. Against the spirit of brokenness, we have hope. Against the spirit of subjugation, against the spirit of the world that seeks to subdue us, to take away our energy, to have us focus on things that are not Christ like. The Bible tells us we must practice obedience. Obedience is practical. Holiness. Romans chapter 6 Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. The will cannot be deactivated. We always want something. You have to be able to convert convert your wants into willpower. And if you want to please God, you have to practice holiness. The Bible says without holiness, no one can see the character of God in this world. Practice holiness, practice the act of separating yourselves from things that are sinful. You have to read your Bible. Jesus said, I'll be your God and you will be my people. He said, there has to be a distinction between what goes on in darkness and what goes on in light. We are at the forefront of this Christianity in the 21st century. I want to be holy. I can't have things that are going on in the world, the problems that are going on in the world, the deceptions that are going on in the world, and the things that are just flat out sin. I cannot have these things functioning in my life and trying to make some type of compromise between my relationship in Christ and my relationship with the world. The truth is that my relationship with Christ is going to cause me to separate myself from the world. Christians have a behavior. The Bible outlines that behavior as clear as day. We don't have time to go through every act of holiness, but I will tell you this, Christians are baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of their sins. Christians have been baptized in water and spirit. We believe in the infilling of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. We believe that when God grants you his spirit and has seated you with his purpose and vision, that he will then connect you to the kingdom and to the body of Christ. And your relationship with the body of Christ has to be fueled by your willpower. We will go through challenges. We will go through circumstances. We will go through many afflictions. But I heard what the psalmist said. Our God will deliver us out of them all. Obey what the Lord Jesus Christ has put into these scriptures. Obey those that have the rule over you. Even in this time of crisis, it is our prayer that every Christian is obeying the ordinances of our government, of our state. I'm praying that you would work right up to the limit of the law, but don't break the law. Don't do what the governor and the mayor and uh, the, the, the officials who are working for the various medical departments are admonishing us not to do. I'm praying that you would be faithful and focused in this time. I'm praying that you would remember the human will can be manipulated, broken, and subdued, but God gives us direction, hope, and obedience to balance out the struggle that we are currently going through in our flesh and in this sinful world. God bless you. I'm admonishing those that are members of the Mission Church of Christ to continue to be faithful in our 21-day consecration. I've had a wonderful time praying with my family. Each and every night, we've assembled in the kitchen, and we have um, sat, we sat around our island and we prayed. We read Joshua 24, 15, asking the Lord to cover our family. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I had a wonderful time reading Acts. I'm going to go home. I have to read one more chapter, Acts chapter 8. The Lord has put so many thoughts into my heart, reading 1 through 4 on Monday, uh, on Sunday night, And today, uh, yesterday we read one through four, today uh, six, five through eight. God is blessing. I'm going to read eight tonight. I'm hoping that you're following along. I'm asking that you would pray. I'm so, uh, uh, I'm, I'm overwhelmed. I have a, a heart that is full of of grace, uh, overwhelmed with the blessing that our prayer team is, is dynamically engaged in the work of the ministry. They're praying on a regular basis, 9 a.m., 9 p.m., tune in and be blessed. I'm asking that you would be faithful. Thank you for your giving. I'm asking everyone to take a little bit of this burden so that we can cover and make sure that all the needs in the house of the Lord are met. God bless you. We love you. Be faithful to Giveify, to Venmo. Be faithful and continue to pray for your community and your family. We love you and we thank you. We'll be back on Friday night. We'll have a prayer. We're going to pray a prayer covering over our city. We're going to ask God for mercy and grace. We will be coming back to you on Friday night. We hope you've enjoyed the Bible study. God is good. We love you. Let the church say amen.